The Accidental Entrepreneur is brought to you with the help of our sponsor, A. Weber, the world's leading small business email marketing and automation service provider. Since 1998, A. Weber has helped more than 1 million small businesses and entrepreneurs through its suite of web-based email marketing, automation tools, and education. A. Weber, the best option when it comes to marketing your business. The podcast is also brought to you by the Alternative Board. Since 1989, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has been one of the leading peer advisory and business coaching organizations for independent business owners and CEOs across the world. By facilitating peer advisory boards, private one-on-one coaching, and strategic planning services, TAB helps business owners improve their businesses in ways that change their lives. And be sure to check out our affiliate sponsor, One of One Productions, the New Jersey-based podcast studio that produces and edits both audio and video podcasts. They sell equipment for the avid podcaster and have even created a guesting kit exclusively for our listeners. And be sure to support the podcast by ordering some logo merchandise from our online store. Listen to all of our sponsors' commercials later in this episode and follow their links in the show notes to learn more about their products and services. You have to be willing to take that risk and take that step to be okay with failure, right? And failure is okay. Failure is an opportunity to learn from it and to grow from it and to make you a better person. And a lot of people are just afraid to take that step because they're worried what could happen, right? I could have failed. I had six months, right? I definitely could have failed and gone back to corporate America, but that wasn't an option for me. I probably failed a lot during that first six months. That's how you learn. Exactly. Look, the first house you failed on, you could have walked away from and never gone back to real estate. Yeah, totally. And my life would be totally different because of that, right? Yeah. I'd be in a job that I hated, working 50, 60 hours a week, having two weeks of paid vacation and just not loving life. And now I have fun Fridays and I get to hang out with my kids and I get to do all these things that I've always wanted to do. So it really is that that decision point on how you treat failure. The information provided in these episodes is for entertainment purposes only. It is not a guarantee of success or to be construed as advice of any kind. You should always seek advice from local licensed professionals before making any decisions. The dictionary defines an entrepreneur as a person who organizes and manages any enterprise, especially a business, usually with considerable initiative and risk. People often start a business without much choice, perhaps due to a job loss or just being dissatisfied at work, and they come up with an idea they just know can be successful. They become entrepreneurs by accident. That is to say their success or failure happens by accident, not with intention. My name is Mitch Beinhacker. I'm a corporate attorney and a business advisor. You're listening to The Accidental Entrepreneur my podcast about how to achieve success on purpose, not by accident. Join me along with our monthly guests where we share our knowledge and help you get a hold of your business. And now on to today's episode. Hey guys, what's up? This is Tyler Jensen from Salt Lake City, uh, notorious for doing seven day flips. Uh, We've done a whole bunch of those. We're gonna talk about it today on this episode. So stay tuned, it's gonna be awesome. Exactly. Um, all right. So, but I do thank you coming on the podcast and uh, Mike Simmons introduced us, right? Yeah. So Mike Simmons is a great buddy of mine, good mentor, like just an amazing guy. So I appreciate the hookup from Mike. Yeah. And he he made his way in the real estate business too, right? I mean, he's done some other yeah. things, but he's big on house flipping. I think he's doing a lot of wholesaling these days, right? Yeah. They do a lot of wholesaling. That's pretty much their bread and butter is wholesaling. Yeah. So, yeah, so for people that don't know what that is, um, it, well, why don't you describe it since you're the expert? Yeah. So whole, 
wholesaling is where you're just essentially flipping contracts. So you get a property under contract and then you're selling it to guys like me who are going to renovate it or flip it or hold it. Or right. You never take possession of the property, right? Correct. Yep. You're just assigning, you're, you're assigning the contract to somebody else. And then whatever that margin is in between the price that you get it for and the price that you sell it for is what you keep. Right. That's a little bit different than being a broker. You're not a, you're not brokering the property, you're actually getting the contract, signing the contract, and then assigning it to you or flipping it to you. Yep. Right. Okay. Another episode. So we're talking about yeah. <laughs> what you do, which, which is flipping. And um, so, let, let, you know, let's go back. I mean, you're a young guy. I don't know how long you've been doing this, but you, you can talk about a little bit about your background um, and how you got into what you're doing. And then maybe we could talk about the whole seven day flip, which I think is kind of cool. All right. Okay, cool. Yeah. So I started flipping houses in 2008. Okay. So that's when I started college. I was uh, young, ambitious. I wanted, I knew that real estate was a good way to create good financial freedom. So you were, this yeah. was a freshman, right? So you were like 21 or something, 18? Yep. Yeah. Yeah. I was 21. So I graduated high school. I, I went and served a mission for my church for a couple of years. And then I okay. came home and started college. And that's when I really got into flipping houses. So my dad and I started a company. It was called Pay It Forward Enterprises. And we had gone through a, a foreclosure. And so our idea was that we were going to help people pay it forward and stop foreclosure. So that so was- you had been foreclosed on or- yeah, So my dad had, when I was growing up, we had gone okay. through a foreclosure and um, yeah. So we just wanted to make sure that we paid it forward. So that was the name of our company. And so we would negotiate short sales and foreclosures, stuff like that. That was the hot thing in 2008. Right. And that was at the bottom, right? Yeah, but I think before 2008, nobody knew what a short, I mean, I knew what a short sale was, but nobody knew that yeah. you could actually go to your bank and say, hey, listen, I'm in trouble. I don't yep. want to get foreclosed on. Will you take less for the property? You know, can I give you back the property and you wipe out my mortgage and let's move on? And, and that became commonplace in 2008. But up till then, it was very difficult to get done. The banks didn't really do it a lot. It was some obscure department you probably had to deal with. And then when the world collapsed in 2008, this was like a common occurrence. So yeah. yeah. So we were essentially talking about wholesaling. That's what we would do with these short sales. We would negotiate with the bank for a redu reduced price. We would buy the property. And then the next day we would turn around and sell at retail. So we were essentially doing the same thing as wholesaling, except we would double close and we would take possession of the property for a day or two days um, until we had another retail buyer that would purchase the property. And then we would just keep the difference in between what we had negotiated for and then what we sold at retail. Right. So, and the banks, they don't want to be in this business. They just wanted to get the things off their books. So it was an opportunity exactly. for everybody to make money. Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of where I got started. We did our first flip in 2008. I did 100% everything. So I did tile and flooring and painting and you name it, I did it. So it was self yeah, lots of YouTube videos and lots of asking questions. <laughs> yeah, you can learn everything on YouTube. I know, right? Yeah, so that's what we did. And so I did everything. I was working full-time. I was going to school full-time. And then this was kind of a nights and weekends thing after school or weekends or whatever. I would go and work on flipping these houses. So that was our first one. Our first one we lost like 37 grand on. Perfect. And that was an awesome experience. <laughs> yeah. I, I, you I, learn I, more I, that way, don't you? Taught. Exactly. You're yeah, right. right. Like, education. So I, that was more than I made in a year, right? As a young college kid. So um, we worked it out with our investor. We just paid him some monthly interest payments and said, hey, look, sorry, we, it was our first one. We made every mistake in the book, but we did it again. We flipped another one. We made like 39 grand on the second one. And we gave all that money to our investor. He was happy. He had been made whole. 
And then we said, all right, we've done a really crappy job. And we've done a really good job. Like, I think we've, we should try this. And so we did our third one. We made like 19,000 bucks on our right. third one. And then I knew that that was something that, hey, I, I could do this, right? We learned a great lesson. We lost a lot of money. We made it back, which was super cool, right? We could have just given up and quit. Right. Um, but well, I was going to say, Tyler, I think that um, – not, you know, 99 out of a hundred people would just be like, Oh, I tried that and it didn't work. And they'd be like, well, what happened? Well, we did one and we yeah. lost money. So it doesn't work. And you're like, well, you probably just learned how to do it. Right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. We did everything wrong in the book. We bought it wrong. We sold it too low. Like we over rehabbed it. We just did everything. Right. So it was a good right. learning experience. And that integrity was important to me, right. To make our investor whole, Hey, you took a chance on us. It was our first one. We didn't know what we were doing. And I'm like, it would take me 10 years to pay you back. I'm like, we got to figure out a way that I can right. make sure right. to make you whole. So, so that was that one of the reasons was, why you you kept moving forward because you felt yeah, that, obligated that to this guy? I wanted to keep that integrity intact, right? Someone right. took a chance on me and I wanted to make sure that I returned the favor and that I made them whole. So sure. that was part of it. And then, yeah, I'm like, man, we couldn't do any worse, right? Let's try it again. So that's kind of where I started in 2008, doing everything 100% myself. And then I started climbing the corporate ladder, right? I, I got educated. I got a couple of degrees and I started, you know, working my way up. I was a COO for a while, director of operations. Um, I did all that kind of stuff, but I quickly realized in corporate America that you're trading time for money, right? And I was working 50, 60, 70 hours a week. I was traveling all the time. What kind of company were you working for? So I, I came, I had a manufacturing, so my degrees in accounting, and okay. I had a manufacturing background. So I worked in the oil field for a while doing supply chain. I worked uh, in a manufacturing company. Uh, I was a COO for a, a manufacturing company. I had like 128 employees. I was a young COO. I thought that title was cool, but I was working 80 hour weeks. I had a young family, right? I had just had my little boy. Um, and so I, I realized really quickly that I couldn't have both. I couldn't have time freedom and I couldn't have financial freedom. And I wanted to have both. So a couple of years ago, we kind of came to that crossroads that we had just closed. We were, I was still flipping houses all the way through this journey, kind of on as the a side. side. Yeah, totally. So okay. it was either me doing it or I would manage GCs or I joint ventured with a general contractor. Like we tried all just different ways of flipping houses. And two years ago, we closed on two houses at the same time. And I told my wife, I'm like, hey, look, this is our chance, right? We have runway now right. that right. we could live off of. That, And I told her I came home and I was like, hon, I want to quit my job and I want to pursue real estate full time. What do you think? And She's Tyler, like, hey, what, what, what price range were these houses? Were they a couple so hundred in, thousand? In, or? Yeah. In Utah, our median house price is 330 and we're doing houses at like 250. So they're all first time home buyers. Um people who are just getting into houses, stuff like that. We're so it's that a thirty dollars to $50,000 flip in most cases, right? Yeah, for a rehab, you're saying. Yeah. Because yeah. Yep. you got to put money into the property, right? So, yeah, okay. totally. So about a 30, 35K rehab, that's our normal. Okay. I don't mean to get you off the, I was just- No, you're the good. Economics of it, okay. Yeah, so, and then I came home and I told my wife, I'm like, hey, I want to quit my job. And she's like, absolutely not, right? <laughs> I was you have, say she's supportive. No, yeah, you had you have good income. You got you went to school. You're highly educated. You have right. this executive position. Like you have 401k and insurance and all this stuff, right? So she was like, absolutely not. You're not quitting your job. So 
a lot of uh, persuasion and negotiating and praying about it and talking about it. And finally she consented and said, all right, you have six months. And that's it. Y'all gave you six months. Yeah, six months. <laughs> At least a year. I mean, come on. All right. But she said, okay, six months. If you can make it happen in six months, then I'll go along with this journey. If not, you got to go back and get a job. And, and we said, we tried it and it didn't work. So, so I went to work, man. Like that was my biggest thing. I told my wife that she wouldn't notice the difference. The, I would pay us every two weeks. I'd make sure we had health insurance. The only difference was, would be, I would be going to the basement uh, for the office instead of driving to the office. And that's where it all really started full time, right? I started picking up, we were doing about, I don't know, six to 10 a year when I quit my job. So we had already had some momentum going. We had already had a good thing going, but then it just really blew up after that. Like I just started doing really well and getting more houses and building my team. And here we are now, a couple of years later, that we'll do 40 houses this year. I don't even see the houses anymore. Right. Um, right. So it's just been a really cool process of evolution, I guess, and growing my business and growing. Nice. My but you put yourself in a position. Um, you know, you had to make it happen. Totally. It was on me. I was getting up at 4.30 in the morning every day and just going to work. And that was my favorite part, honestly, is because it was on me now. I didn't have to listen to my boss who controlled my paycheck and I'd get a 2% cost of living increase and three weeks off, right? It was, I, could, I could take a month off if I wanted to, or I could, I could work as many hours as I needed to, but I still got to be able to hang out with my kids. And one of the things I'm most proud of, right, in doing that is that every Friday, we have what's called fun Friday. So I have three little boys and they get out of school early on Friday. So every Friday I kind of unplug, I go hang out with them. We do something fun. We go to the park or we take them to the skate park, mm -hmm. to a water park, whatever it is. Nice. And it's just been awesome to me. Right. Cause that's what I really wanted to do is hang out with my kids. So now I'm at the, the point that I have financial freedom, but I also have that time freedom. And that's exactly what I was looking for um, going into real estate. Yeah. Yeah. Well, you don't, I mean, that's why you do it, right? You don't, Yeah, totally. it's great to do it for the money and, but it's, and financial freedom and, you know, whatever. So maybe you'll get rich, but if you don't have quality of life, what's the point? You know, I mean, that's why you leave corporate America because exactly. you're, you know, the corporation doesn't act like you're important. You have to act like the corporation is important and nobody likes that, especially nowadays. I mean, God, look what everybody's reevaluating their life now because of coronavirus yeah. and everything. Totally. Yeah. Now that was how many, so, so when did you quit your job? That was how long well, ago? Let's see. That was three years ago. It was 2017. So, okay. So you've done 150 or some odd flips at this point. Yeah. We were just over a hundred flips. Okay. So. Yeah. All right. So, um, yeah. So I, you know, it's not like you've been doing this for 40 years. You've been doing it for yeah. a short period of time, but I don't oh. want people to to think that, your story means that anybody can do it when they're 21 and whatever, right? You got to learn, you got to try. Like you said, you failed, you may fail more than once, right? But there are good people out there to interact with, to learn about um, how to do this stuff, right? So when you Absolutely. got started in flipping, you hadn't met Mike at this point, right? So nope. how did you start learning about how to get involved in the real estate business? Yeah. So back in 2008, it was really just I wasn't afraid to ask questions, right? I would hire an electrician to say, Hey, I'll pay you a hundred bucks. Just make sure I'm not going to burn down this house. Right. How do I do it? Right. Hey, tell me what needs to be done here so I can learn the process. 
And so that was kind of where it started, right? Is that I would just ask a lot of questions. Oh, I don't understand this. I'd go look at it on YouTube or I'd go figure it out or I'd go ask somebody who was doing it in my market, right? That's when I first started. And, and then a couple of years ago, right? I quit my job. I went to Flip Hacking Live and that was a game changer for me. I was just surrounded by these people who were just killing it, right? And so I was like, hey, I could do that. There's a saying that, you know, it's hard to fly with eagles when you're surrounded by turkeys. That's true. <laughs> I felt like I was surrounded by the turkeys, right? Like the, yeah. I had all these people telling me that I couldn't do it and don't quit your job. That's stupid. Like, why would you do that? And, you know, I just had all these negative things until I joined this mastermind group that Mike Simmons is a part of called Seven Figure Flipping. And that to me was really, those were the eagles, right? They were people who were doing hundreds of deals a year. They were just, they blew that ceiling off of what, my what my potential was right I, I always had this thing yeah i was i thought i was doing really well i was doing six houses a year that was awesome these guys are like i did six houses last week like what's your problem you know and i was like right. oh like i just realized i just never knew that that was possible yeah it's perspective so, yeah totally and so they just kind of meeting mike and, and a lot of those other guys that are in that group just really kind of blew that business up that they're like hey well why not why couldn't you flip a house in seven days or do four houses at a time or whatever it is, right? Like all those things, like it was just those limiting beliefs that I had and being a part of that mentorship was that I could blow those up and I could say, you know what? My potential is as great as I want it to be. And that's when it, it really was a game changer for me is, is meeting guys like that, that were doing more than me and that were willing to put their hand down to me and reach up and say, okay, Hey, look, I'm going to pull you along and help you. And, you know, Tony Robbins says, turn decades into days. And that's what I felt like I did, that I was turning all of their decades of experience into days by just leaning on them. So Right. Well, that's right. how you don't do it on your own. <clears throat> totally. Um, what was I going to ask you? So, yeah, I think that that's one of the problems that we have, right? We It's not just necessarily we have limiting beliefs, but and why a lot of people are not so successful is that we have these people, they mean well, but they basically sabotage you because they're afraid of having you fail or maybe having you succeed and them not doing it. I don't know what yeah. the psychological side of it is, but I think it's very, you know, common. What are you doing that for? Why would you do Cause they're, they're, they're projecting their nervousness on what you're doing. It doesn't affect your life, their life. If you right. don't succeed your wife, it will, but nobody else. <laughs> and I think that a lot of people can't get over that. You know, they're like, yeah. they're afraid of failing in front of their friends, letting them down. They're, they got all this doubt in there. Like worry and doubt are like the worst emotions we ever invented. Like what's the point, right? It doesn't affect the outcome. Well, maybe it affects the outcome negatively, but it doesn't affect, you know, either you're going to succeed or you're not. Well, why worry about it? Just focus on, on doing it. I mean, look, you could have quit your job and worried for four months, figuring like how you're going to work this out and never, and in the next two months you couldn't turn it around, but instead right. you, you buckled up and you, you hit the streets. And I think that those are the successful people that I see because they, it, you know, they, it's, it's a, it's a learned skill or it's something that you have in you to kind of keep everybody like away, right? From, you know, like, don't listen to the, the stuff that yeah. everybody's telling you, you know, like you said, if you, if you flock with the turkeys, you're not going to soar with the eagles. And it's because of the negative mindset, you know, um, uh, that, yeah. I mean, that's a, a big part of it, right? Having the right mindset to make this happen. And I think also, then you meet a guy like Mike and you're like, wow, I didn't think that any of that was possible. So well, what the hell am I doing? You know, I can, yeah. and, and I've had that experience in my life too. Like you go through things and you realize in the rest of the world, what everyone else is doing, you realize, 
well, first of all, you're doing more than everyone else. And then you find this group of people that are doing a lot more than you. And you're like, well, I could do at least half of what they're doing. That would be twice right? what I'm doing now, you know? <laughs> exactly. Yeah, exactly. It's, it's really what comes down to like how you treat failure, right? If you're, if you're afraid of failure or you look at failure as an opportunity. And for me, my whole life has been that, right? Like that it's how you treat that failure. Yeah, that sucked. And that was a painful experience. And I never want to do that again. And you can choose to not do that again. Or you can say, hey, look, that I'm going to tack that up in the education column and say, I learned from that and I'm going to be better because of that. And so it really is that failure to me, right? I wasn't afraid of failing. And that's what made me successful, I feel like, is that how you look at that failure and other people are going to tell you about failure, right? They're going to say, hey, you you can't do it. There's no way, right? Right. Like when we announced it, we were going to flip the house in seven days. You should have seen the people that told me that's stupid. Why would the you naysayers. do that? Yeah. yeah, you can't do that. You right. can't. No way. Seven days, that's crazy. Like, what are you, the guy on TV with the... Yeah, yeah exactly. you're just this punk kid. Like, you don't know right. what you're doing. And so, yeah, it's just really... And, and then that failure is real. You start your, your own worst critic, right? Well, what if we do fail and we're making this public? And well, what if we it, we don't do it in seven days, right? right? So what? Yeah, and that, that's the point, right? That's a, And then I'm like, what am I talking about? Who cares? Like, what if we did it in 10 days? Right. Or 14 days. Like, yeah. Wow. Like, you still, you did so it in 14 what? days. I know. And I'm like, so it really is just how you react to that failure and what you're willing. You have to be willing to take that risk and take that step to be okay with failure. Right. And failure yeah. is okay. Yeah. Failure is an opportunity to learn from it and to grow from it and to make you a better person. And a lot of people are just afraid to take that step because they're worried what could happen. Right. I could have failed. I had six months, right? I definitely could have failed and gone back to corporate America, but that wasn't an option for me. I probably failed a lot during that first six months. That's how you learn. Exactly. Look, the first house you failed on, you could have walked away from and never gone back to real estate. Yeah, totally. And it, my life would be totally different because of that, right? Yeah. I'd be in a job that I hated, working 50, 60 hours a week, having two weeks of paid vacation and just not loving life. And now, I have fun Fridays and I get to hang out with my kids and I get to do all these things that I've always wanted to do. So it really is that, that decision point on how you treat failure. People, um, if they would approach failure differently and understand that they will fail, like when you get out there and you put yourself out there with anything, but certainly in entrepreneurial entrepreneurship and business and so forth, right? You and I both know we're going to fail. I don't know what it will be that we will fail at, but (laughs) we will fail at things. It's not like people think, so I don't want to do that because I might fail. Well, of course you're going to fail. There's no magic formula to the people that are successful versus others because there's always a different way that you would implement it or, you know, whatever. I mean, a lot lot of things in life are crapshoot and the people that that persevere and learn from the mistakes they make and look at failure, like you say, is an opportunity to grow, right? And and, uh, what was it? Edison, right? He, He... he didn't discover the light bulb. He's discovered like 9,000 ways to not make a light bulb. Yeah, and exactly. I met a guy recently who was, um, he had a, he's coming out of my podcast, I think next week. He's got a, a trucking company. Like he connects truckers with logistic companies and companies who need trucking. Anyway, he goes out to raise money for this business. Like his third try of successful business, but then losing it and then an accident and health issues. He went to pitch. So he did this business plan. He goes to pitch contests, you know, like angel investors. Let's say you're looking for investors to invest in your, in your deals, right? Right. So he said, for the first 10 things I'm going to go to, I'm going to fail. Like I want to fail every single time and just do this, do this, do this and learn until I'm really good at it. And 
if you take that attitude, I'm not saying you should fail on every real estate deal you do, but yeah. <laughs> if you go in with that attitude, like, what am I going to learn from this? You're not learning much if it always works out, right? Because you're just waiting for the ice to break. But I think that if you have that attitude, then failure, first of all, is not a surprise to you, right? And then it's like, well, that's great. Now that we screwed that up, we won't screw that up again. We'll screw up something else, but we won't screw that up again. And we get better at what we do. And I think that the people that I know that are successful do exactly what you say. And that is, it's not failure. It's just the first time you did it. Right. Right. And you did it wrong. And maybe the second time you'll do it wrong again, but you'll, you know, you learn and grow and you become a stronger person at whatever you're, you're doing. It's part of the, I don't know. It's part of the journey. It's not like it, but there's a lot of people that are just so afraid of, like you said, failing or putting themselves out there and not meeting, you know, like you said, so what if it's 10 days? What you failed? Yeah, <laughs> exactly. What if it didn't work? It took you three months to flip the house. Okay. You'd flip the house. You'd lick your wounds. You'd look back and say, why didn't this work? Right. You know? Yeah, totally. And that's really where the idea came from for that seven day flip. It's like a it's challenge, kind of- right? Exactly. I was like, hey, well, I, I was hoping that that seven day flip would crash and burn, right? I was thinking, hey, this, this, I'm going to make my guys, I'm going to put them in this tight environment, right? I'm gonna put the pressure up, I want to see who can thrive and who's going to fail. And that's, I was really expecting the seven day flip to not go well. Like, yeah, to but be think chaos. about how much you could learn, right? The, the, yeah, exactly. the whole thing this is a great experiment. My total, exactly my mindset. And so I was like, hey, look, I'm going to throw everybody into this little this vacuum that I'm going to say, Hey, you got to flip this house in seven days. And I wanted to see the wheels fall off. Right. And it it ended up not being like that. It was awesome. We did it in six days, right? We flipped, we did a 40 K rehab in six days on the seventh day. We were having a barbecue. We did some touch up paint and we were done. You hadn't closed in seven days, but you, you you took possession of the property, closed at the beginning, did the flip and were in contract to sell it in seven days. So from keys to contract was 14 days. So by the time I owned it to the, by the time it was under contract was 14 days, but the the seven day flip is just the renovation side. Got it. I mean, it's back on the market in seven days. Somebody could buy it that day. Yep, exactly. Yeah. So we got it, we got it. And then we started it like we bought it on a Friday. We started on a Monday and then we went to Sunday, we took pictures and everything. But anyways, the, the $40,000 rehab. So we did, we changed all the utilities. We updated the electrical, the plumbing, we, you know, new furnace, we did all of that. Was this anything that required inspections? Yeah. So we did inspections. So we had inspections already planned. So we worked with the city and said, Hey, look, we're doing this crazy thing. We, we, we need your help. And so, yeah, we had, so you got we, them on board ahead of time. That, yeah. We planned it really, really well. Like we, right. we strategized our, we rented a U-Haul truck and we said, okay, day seven or day one is at the back. So as soon as we opened the door, then everything they needed for day one was there. And then right. day, two, and day seven was at the front. So we just really planned it really, really well. And it turned out awesome, but, and that's, that was the difference between why it was successful and why it wasn't is that I was thinking it was just going to crash. Right. But I went in there with a lot of due diligence and said, this is my a plan. Lot of plans. These are the goals, right? This is the goals that I want to hit. Here's my action items to achieve the goals. This is what we need to get done in order to have this happen. And then I had to have the right people on board that were going to be like, yeah, okay, this is possible. We could totally do this. Right. And so, yeah. To, to your point, right. I, I was expecting to fail. I was expecting to learn from it and say, yeah, how did we do this? You know, what, what did we miss? Where did it, where did it go wrong? Right. How did we derail this process? But 
it surprisingly went really well. well. Made you overplan, <laughs> right? Yeah, exactly. Right. It like, was an we, event. Plus, it's good PR, by the way. It's great publicity to yeah uh, content. Totally. Yeah, to get it out there and say, oh, this is an event, and people are. You know, like the yeah. Dreamhouse thing they used to do on TV. The whole neighborhood yep. comes out. You know, they all see what's yeah. going on. Here's a word from our sponsors. Looking to market and grow your business? Or perhaps you're just getting started and want to hit the ground running. AWeber is the best choice for online email marketing and automation of your business. From maintaining a subscriber list to drip campaigns and landing pages, AWeber gives you tools and integrations that make marketing easy and fun. As our partner and sponsor, we use all their tools to promote the podcast and market our law firm. AWeber, the best alternative for online marketing. For over 30 years, the Alternative Board, or TAB, has built a thriving community of forward-thinking CEOs and business owners who want to radically improve their companies. Through unique combinations of one-on-one business coaching, participation in monthly TAB board meetings with other non-competing owners, a suite of strategic tools, and customized strategic planning workshops, TAB membership can deliver greater strength to your business and a better work-life balance for you and your family. All packaged in a streamlined and affordable service that the people at TAB invite you to try risk-free. Maybe you're looking to get into podcasting or you just want to market your business. Maybe you want to do it for enjoyment or because you have a message you want to get out there. One of One Productions is a New Jersey-based studio just over the George Washington Bridge that caters to the booming business of podcasting. They offer a comfortable atmosphere using the latest technology available to record your podcast. And they are a full-service media company offering both audio and video production services, creating both audio and video podcasts, as well as video shorts for business and personal use. Professional audio equipment packages are available through their website for all budgets. And be sure to check out their podcast guesting kit created especially for our listeners. Follow the link in the show notes to learn more about all of our sponsors. And now back to our show. Yeah, yeah and it was cool. Like, and it was funny because we're shooting this in August and our first seven day flip. Yo, you documented this on video? Yeah, just so our first one we did um, on Facebook, right? Every day we do a Facebook live and we just went oh, through it. And, okay. and I remember the night before calling my project manager and I'm like, hey, I'm going live with this on Facebook. Like, are we sure we can do this? Right. We're looking <laughs> are, total are we good? Like I'm, right. I'm putting this out to the world. So <laughs> these, these are all my people. So are we sure we're good? And he's like, yeah, I think we're good. Oh, that's really sure. You think we're right. good. Well, he's not going to know until you actually do it, right? <laughs> yeah. But the cool story of that is, is that six months. So we had done, we've done several seven day flips. In, right? Okay. That's the what I was going to ask you. It went awesome. We did a second one. We did a third one. All of them went great, right? We finished them in seven days. And then we, my project manager came to me. We just acquired these two duplexes that were right next door to each other. And he's like, hey, Tyler, I had this crazy idea. We have these four properties that are right next door to each other. They all need to be rehabbed. He's like, what, do you, what would you say if we flipped all four of these in seven days? So there was basically an upstairs and a downstairs. Two. No, they're side by side. So two so, side by sides. Yep. Two okay. side by side. So complete. They needed brand new kitchens. They were, you know, they were pretty big duplexes. And so okay. it was just like flipping a regular house for us. And so he's like, Hey, well, what if we no, but there's four houses? kitchens and four exactly. electrical four panels and four. Yeah. yeah. Okay. Exactly. So they were all very unique flips. And he's like, Hey, what if we did these in seven days? We did all four of them. And I'm like, bro, six months ago, you were telling me we couldn't do a seven <laughs> day flip. 
And now you're telling me we're going to do four of them in seven days. So we did it. We documented the whole thing. We had a, a film crew fly out. They followed us around for a week about flipping these four houses in seven days. And it was really cool because it's not like the HGTV where it's all the before and afters and all just right like magic with television right? in one hour. Yeah, they're like, oh, we did this $20,000 rehab and it's a million dollar house, right? It's just not real. Right. And so for us, like, it was cool because you get to see we had to deal with meth and we had to deal with, you know, things, skeletons popping out of the closet that we didn't know of, right? We had mold <laughs> under one of the bathrooms and you just get to see it, it was just real, like real house flipping. So we made a YouTube series about it and just kind of this documentary. And so, so it's on your YouTube channel. Yeah. I'll, I think I'll send you the link. You can put it in the show notes or something. Great. Yeah, It's awesome. It's just called seven day flip. It's on our seven figure flipping uh, YouTube channel, but it's awesome. We did nine episodes and it goes through the whole process, how we found the deal, how we negotiated it, what our planning looked like, how we executed it every day, for seven days, what it looked like, how my team, we had to fire people. We had to deal with, you know, meth and the city and all these other things that you get to see are real. And it was just a cool thing, man. It was a cool experience to be able to see my guys go from, this isn't possible. We right. can't do a seven day flip. And now we're doing four at one time, right? We, we just looked at this sixplex and we're like, Hey, what if we did six in six days? And my guys didn't even bat up there. Yeah. Okay. Like, Let's do it. <laughs> Easy. No yeah, but worries. you change their paradigm. You change their their yeah. understanding of their purview. Yeah. It was that four minute mile, right? And now I'm helping other people in our group do seven day flips as well. Like people, people never thought that was possible. And they're like, hey, it's this four minute mile, right? That you, you no one can do that. No one can do a seven day flip. And now I'm teaching other people how to do it. And it's yeah. really cool. Yeah, that's the evolution. That's, that's the reward for me. I'm like, man, this is really neat that people are kind of taking this movement and being like, yeah, well, why not? Why can't we do that? Right. And my, my crew is all in there. We could do six houses in six. We could do 10 houses in seven, you know, like now they're almost over. Yeah, send us a real challenge. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Right. So, but it was just cool to see that, that evolution, right. Of people telling me that I can't and then surrounding myself with good people. And now they're pushing me. And, you know, I, I saw on Facebook, one of our, one of the guys in my group that I, I do a lot of mentoring with, he's like, dude, I'm doing a two day flip. I'm like, dude, that's awesome. Like, and I don't know the extent of that. I, you know, it's probably yeah, not. Maybe enough. you don't want to do a two day flip, right? It's too much. Paint carpet maybe, but I'm yeah. like, still, that's cool. Like that good for him. Like what a yeah. cool experience that he didn't think that was possible until we said, you know, we're going to prove that wrong and we're going right. to be able to do it. Yeah. So um, let's talk a little bit about business planning because I think that a lot of people who do what you do or in other businesses too, they have trouble going from, being the one man band, having their hands in everything, feeling that you have to be there. You saying sometimes you don't even see these properties now. Take me through the process in your mind. I don't know if you wrote a strategic business plan, but you certainly, whatever planning you did, how you got from, you know, okay, I'm a one man band, which obviously in your mind was like, I don't want to do this forever, yeah. to how you started developing the business, its operations. I'm sure you have all kinds of systems now as to how you run things and who you work with and what, how you take, you know, find the properties, take possession of the properties, renovate the properties, get them back on the market and the whole thing. So can you take me through that whole kind of yeah, process? So it was really, it, for me and my business plan was just people, right? I, I made a list of all the tasks that I felt like I had to do or that my business had to do, right? We, someone had to go see the property. Someone had to negotiate the property. Someone right. had to resell the property. And then I just started building 
people around me, my team. My first one was a bookkeeper, right? I was an accountant, but I hated doing all the data entry or all the Home Depot receipts and all that other stuff, right? So I said, I need someone to do the accounting because my financial is super important. So I hired that off. And then I kept growing. I hired a project. But clearly keeping track of all that stuff is very important for you analyzing whether these deals are making sense or not. Just because you have cash left over at the end doesn't mean that it made you money, right? So that was important, but you're like, shit, I don't want to do this. Yeah. 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 I just didn't have time, right? I didn't have time to to data entry, all the receipts from Home Depot. And I didn't have time to just, I wanted to look at the financials for 15 minutes and be like, yeah, we made money or we lost money. Right. Right. So I hired that position and then I hired, I was going, doing all the project management myself. And so I was like, I don't have time. I can't be a project manager and still work on that, you know, 50,000 foot level and be the visionary. I'm too far in the weeds. So I hired a project manager to come and manage all the projects. Then I, we would, I was still designing our properties. So my wife and I would go like Friday night, date night to Home Depot when we'd pick out tile and, you know, all of that stuff. Paint You're like the designer, basically. Yeah. And my wife was the designer. I hate all that stuff. Right. <laughs> but I direct her. I'm like, Hey, I, we got to pick out tile. Someone's got to do it. And so then we hired like designers and we just kept growing this team. Now I have acquisition guys that their job is to go and buy the properties. And I have guys that are selling our properties and I have a title company that they do everything for me. I don't even have to go to closings anymore. Like they just take care of it. Right. And, and our lenders and all of these guys that are lending money, there's just this system in place that, I, I could be removed and I can work on stuff that I like doing, that I enjoy doing, right? I love raising capital and I like meeting with investors and I like kind of being that visionary and not necessarily right, working on the big things. Yeah, exactly. My, I call them my H butts, right? My yeah. highest, best use of time. Yes. My highest, best use of time when I started was installing a toilet, right? That was, I was making $10 an hour installing yeah, toilets. That's what you got to do. It, right. And it sucked. And I soon realized, man, I'm, I could just go work at McDonald's and make more money than what I'm doing flipping houses. Right. So I was like, I got to get rid of that. I got to do my higher, my best use of time isn't installing toilets. So I needed to have someone install toilets. And then that's just evolution just kept growing. What else do I need someone? Oh, I need a VA. I need this. I need whatever it is until now that I, I get to enjoy that freedom. And I, I could work, you know, I was gone most of the month of July and my business kept running. I was on vacation with my family. And touch I base have, stuff, yeah, right? Yeah. Be involved, right? Like my team just kind of took care of that. Everyone knows their job. They stay in their lane. They get stuff done. And then right. I can do with that 50,000 foot level that, yeah, are we going in the right direction? Oh, this coronavirus is coming. What, what do we need to change? How do we fix it? How do we adapt? Right. Yeah. And that was really the process of growing my business. So my you asked the question, like what my business plan was. I never sat down. I'm not the type of guy to sit down and make a list, a to-do list or, you know, all of that. I'm just a ready or a fire ready aim type guy. Right. And so I'm just like, Hey, what do I need right now? I need someone to keep my books. Okay, perfect. And then I just would keep all the stuff that I like doing that I enjoyed doing because that's, that's what makes it rewarding. But I got Keller Williams, the one thing that book you find the one thing you're liking good at. Yeah. And that's what I did, right? Like the, I still do the things that I love doing. I still like leading people and I still like doing all those fun things, but I didn't like doing accounting. I didn't like being project manager and I didn't like designing. So I kind of slowly just hired those people and I did it smart, right? I did it organic. I didn't hire all these people at the same time and right. business. I said, okay, what do I need right now? What's the next 
closest alligator to the boat that I feel like I need to get taken care of. And then I would bring that person on. And, it, and I've been through a lot of bad people, right? A lot of bad contractors. I've lost tens of thousands of dollars by hiring bad people and hanging on to them too long. And so there's just that fine line, right? Between hiring slow, hire the right person and fire quickly. If they're not the right fit, then get rid of them. But right. I always worry, oh, well, how are their kids going to eat lunch? And, you know, like. Uh, that's not really your concern, unfortunately. Yeah, you just can't. Do they fit with my culture and with my business? And and they see where we're going, right? I, I always say, I, I want to build castles, not fight dragons. So for me, building castles is building this business and this whole thing that every one of us can benefit from instead right. of spending my time working with a bad GC that always needs money and is broke and just takes up way it more. It takes a lot of your time and a lot of handholding. You need so people that I, know what their job is and does it do well. So I want guys that are going to build castles with me, right? I want to build this, this million dollar company. and I want to do you know, all these things. So I want those people on my team, not the people that I have to fight all the time and, and slay yeah. these so. I think when it comes to personnel, it's very important not only to have good people and people understand what their role is, but that are like-minded to what your vision is. Because a lot of times if they're not, you know, as good as they are, you're still, they're still wondering, why are we doing this? And you're still bucking the system and you want to put input systems and you want to do it this way. And sometimes it doesn't work out. But I, I think that your description of kind of how you've been developing the business gets back to an issue that I have with people all the time. They say to me, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't have a business plan. I don't write a business plan. And I say to them, you don't need to sit down with a template and make a business plan. You, you have a business plan, just not recognizing it. Like there's, there's basically four parts to, you know, any business, right? There's people, there's product, there's marketing, and there's the financial side of it. Right. And that's exactly what you did. You, you, you started developing the people because the people were driving the process, which is your product, right? I mean, that's really what it is. Um, and the finances you took care of because you're like, I'm not doing this bookkeeping. And the marketing obviously is part of the people, right? Marketing, finding the products and then marketing the, the houses back out there. I mean, you, you, you did develop a business plan. It's a working, breathing, you know, way to approach your business and get the right people in place. And I think that, you know, people don't recognize that, that they don't have to sit down necessarily. And I mean, some people need to do that, right? In their own mind, they need to kind of lay out what their plan is. But sometimes people, they paralyze themselves, like they never get started with the business. It's your planning and the way you run your business and your people doesn't stop. Because like you said, you find out this is not the right guy. He's not like-minded. He's not reliable. He doesn't show up uh, you know, we spread too thin. So you get rid of him, you get a new contractor. It's an ongoing living, breathing approach to the running of your business. Because if not, you're not going to be on the beach with your kids playing in the sand. You're going to be on the phone the whole time because you got to deal with all these people that aren't doing the right thing and, you know, aren't working together and, and all that kind of stuff. And I think that I deal with a lot of um, motivational, you know, type of people who have their systems and they, they talk and I say to them, well, do you need a business plan? I think they always think traditionally a business plan that's written with all this stuff. And they're like, you don't need a business plan. I'm like, yeah, you do. Right. You're just defining it wrong. Yeah. And that essentially was my plan, right? My plan was what do I like doing and what do I not like doing? And I'm going to hire up those people that can help me get to where I want to go that, that I can, you know, have that, that freedom and that time back because these people are moving the, the, 
they're steering the ship, right? They're, they're rowing or they're doing whatever, right? right? You're working on the plan, on the business. They're working in the business. You're like, I want to get out of that as quickly as I, I can. Had start, I had to start there, right? I was definitely very much in the business because I had to learn my way up to what I, it is now. Like I had to understand what, what does it take to install a toilet, right? I knew that, right? Because I had done it 20 times before, right? right? I understood that process. And then I said, okay, well, I understand how long it takes. Now I need someone to do that. I'm gonna I'm gonna pay you ten dollars an hour, but it's gonna make me twenty dollars an hour because I don't have to do it anymore. And you can do it ten times faster than me anyway. So let me just pay you the ten dollars to do it, and then I'm gonna get that back on the return because I don't have to put in my own time. So that's where it really started, and that was my business plan all along: is hey, how do I how do I be able to work on the business instead of in the business? And I went through all of those. Trust me, I did all the bookkeeping. I did all the yeah. The, you have to all the project management. I did all the designing. I did all of that. But I said I don't want to do this long term. I need someone that can come in and can take this. Who's better at it than me? Who's faster at it? More efficient? Like they can take this and just do what they love doing. Right. That's their one thing, which was great. That's what I want people that love coming to work and they love designing and they love whatever they love installing toilets. Right. Right. Like, I want that guy that he gets fulfillment out of his job because I know that I didn't, but someone may not get fulfillment out of the stress of, you know, being a visionary. And so that was really my, like what you're saying, I didn't have an official business plan, but I always knew that's the direction I wanted to go. Right. Right. Yeah. And then, and you, so what do you find you doing more on a daily basis now in business wise than you were before? Yeah, a lot of it is just like today, I, I'm going to go take my kids to school and I'm going to do stuff that I want to do, right? But it's meeting, it's high level stuff. So I'm meeting with my my bookkeeper and my CPA and I'm having these team meetings. I'm taking our contractors out. I'm raising capital. I'm just doing stuff that I really enjoy doing, right? And that's kind of what it is on a weekly basis. I get to hang out with my kids. I still get to have freedom with them and take them to school and do all that kind of fun stuff. But I also get to see that visionary. Okay, well, how do I, what do we need now? What's the position next that I feel like our business needs? Is it more marketing? Do we need to get more deals? Do we need to, you know, and that's just my process now, right? Right now I'm like, hey, how do we double our business? Okay, we need to, I need to bring in a sales guy. So I'm working on that. How do I get the right sales guy in that can come and help us? I have two acquisition guys now. I think we could use another third that could, help us get more properties. Right. And so, so you're not even out there, Tyler, looking at properties. You got guys bringing no. them to you and saying, Hey, this is yeah. what we think. They make a presentation to you. No, they, they just have permission, right? They've gained my trust that they can just pull the trigger on it. And then that oh. triggers the system and the process, and it just goes through the whole thing. And so everyone knows what happens next. So these guys go and buy the property that triggers the title company. They work with the, the lender and it's just this system, right? Then once then once we buy it, the project manager takes over and starts rehabbing it. And then our disposition team sells it. Right. And so I'm just really out of the loop. I'm just seeing high level stuff and just making sure that all the all the pistons are firing, right? Right. So what what are your objectives? So now you're at the point where most business owners would like to be, right? Where you're really just, you know. Jeff Bezos, you're not going working on the shop floor. You're saying, what are the two or three things I can do that are very large today? What are your goals and objectives with the company now? That yeah, you're, so it's, yeah, it's just that continual growth for me, right? Like if you're not growing, you're dying. So we're growing, right? We're starting a construction company. We're looking at doing a roofing company. We're looking at 
getting into some multifamily passive income stuff, like all of those things, that's on me, right? That's that's so as opposed to just keep flipping, you're now gonna starting to develop a portfolio. We're really good at flipping and we can still grow that business, right? But there's other opportunities out there that we can capture and we can diversify, right? And we can say, hey, look, maybe we'll get into some multifamily, we can have a service-based business and construction. Um, Meaning where, you, where the company does renovations for other people makes exactly. money. Now. We can we can totally do that, and we've talked about that, right? How we could just start our own construction company and do other other flips for other people, but then we don't have to risk the capital of buying the property. We don't have to go find the deal. We can just still make money on the construction side. So oh, so not necessarily working with homeowners, but work with people that are investors that yeah, are buying absolutely. a property. You coming in with your team and saying, okay, for a markup. We do the whole thing and then you just flip and make a little bit less money, but you have to, you have less risk because you know what you're doing. Yeah. Less exposure. So, and we're helping other people, right? We know what we're doing. So if I would have had that service when I did my first house, I would have made a lot more money probably. Right. Right. Um, But yeah, so lots of different opportunities for us. It's just a matter for me is, is that I just want to keep growing and building and just having these multiple streams of income, whatever that looks like. That that way I could just employ more people. That's important to me. I love that I, knowing that I I help people have financial stability and that I'm you know supporting these families. So I love right. that. I so I just want to keep growing and I want to keep making sure that that I'm growing personally and professionally and that our business is growing and that we're just continually moving forward. So do you don't have any partners, right? You own the company 100% yourself. Just, yep, just me and my wife. She. You know, she's, oh, she's real, a partner. She's the boss, but you know, yeah, she's yeah. the real boss. Maybe not on paper, but in, right. in our house, she's the boss. So. Right, right, right. <laughs> so, and then, and then your workers, you have different levels of guys, supervisors, foremen, yep. you know, and they're, and they're all compensated based on so mostly hourly work or you get bonuses out based on the deals and how quickly, I mean, you yeah, have incentives. So we, we uh, it depends on who it is, right. Who's, um, but most of our stuff is piece rate. We want it based on performance. So you get paid, um, based on how well you perform. So even our foreman, right? We do standardized pricing and we do what's called just like set rates, right? So if I need to hang a light fixture, I know how much the light fixture costs and I know how much I'm going to pay to hang that light fixture. So if you hang it and you can do it more efficient than the other guy, you're going to make more money. And that's kind of really my company. Well, I have a couple of hourly employees that wow. just like my office managers hourly and just stuff like that. But yeah, for the most part, I want people to be incentivized by how efficient or how well they work. So my sales guys are all commissioned. My designers get paid on performance. Like all of that is, is I just want them to perform and then they can right. get paid for what they're doing. So I tried hourly. We had a crew that was hourly and it would cost me three times as much. Because no incentive. Yeah, exactly. And so actually we, there's an incentive for them to take longer. Exactly. I'm going to smoke for 20 minutes more. I'm going to exactly. you know, take a two hour lunch. And so we tried that. It just didn't work. So I want people that that are incentivized to work hard and to grow with us and that can see that, Hey, look, if I'm more efficient and I can, I can install five instead of three lights in an hour, I'll make a lot more money. Right. So that's kind of what we want to do is we want to incentivize those people to just give us their best effort. And are you, you said you're in Utah, right? Yep. So you're doing all your work in Utah. Yeah, we do a lot in northern Utah, so mostly Salt Lake and north of Utah. No other We've states, you're not expanding? Yeah, we can. Like, that's a, that's always on the table, right? Do we start a construction company? Do we expand markets? That's all the decisions that I'm thinking about all the time, right, is 
how, what would that look like and what's the best direction that we need to go? Right, right. Yeah. I mean, it's hard, right? You get into a market, you don't really know as well as you know the market here. And that's a big factor of the decisions that you make when it comes to real estate. So, and you also said that you're, you have like a seven day flip program. I'm like, you're coaching with people, people are working with you, or is that something you're going to, yeah. yeah. So the big thing, I don't know when this will air, but we're doing an event in a couple of months within a couple of months. Well, when's the event? October 15th. Okay, so we'll make sure we air it before then. There you go. (laughs) So it's called Flip Hacking Live. It's awesome. It's uh, Mike Simmons, Bill Allen, all of those guys that are part of this seven-figure flipping. If you have any, you know, you want to do anything involved with real estate, you want to buy and hold, you want to rent, you want to flip, you want to wholesale, you want to do anything in real estate, this is three days packed of the best flippers and wholesalers in the country. And it's really where, you know, I, I got my start. I was there three years ago. I I took, I sat on the front row, I took notes and then I, I took action. And then a year later I was speaking on stage. We had done a seven day flip and I was presenting on stage about what we had done. And it was just because I took that action. And then this year, again, this will be the third year that I'm speaking again. We're talking about how we, how we flip seven houses in seven days and, you know, all of these other cool things that it's just always evolving. So you're meeting with these top players. You get a have a one-on-one with me or with Mike Simmons or with any of these other power players that are doing a ton of deals. And that really, to me, was what, what broke that limiting beliefs, those, that potential that I thought I could do. And such a cool event. So I'll send you the link to that too, Mitch, and you can maybe put that in the show notes. If anyone's interested, no pressure, but it's just such a cool event that you'll, you'll learn everything you need to know about flipping houses, wholesaling houses, how to find deals, how to negotiate. Right. How to, you know, control your costs and your rehab and condense your timeline, all of that cool stuff you need to know. So now is, um, are you planning on doing that live? Hopefully it's, we, it was supposed to be live in Orlando, but they changed it to a just virtual now. So it's it'll virtual. Be a, okay. Well, that's good. People can, re, you know, participate all over the country. They don't have to travel. Yeah. They don't, you know, yeah, you don't have to play for a hotel or airplane ticket or anything like that. And right. we're still, there will still be like, one-on-one. So if you want to have a one-on-one with me and you want to talk about, Hey Tyler, how did you flip a house in seven days? Can I see your budget? Can I see your Gantt chart or whatever it is? Then I'll be available for that too. I'll do, I do a lot of coaching in that group. So uh, just a cool opportunity, man. It's a cool experience to go and to network with some of these players that are just doing hundreds of deals a year. It's just sure. Well, so, I mean, when you got involved to change your perspective and your paradigm, awesome. when you understood awesome. that it was possible, that's that's ninety percent of things. We're seeing that other people are doing it and realizing, well, wait a second. Uh, well, if this guy can do it in seven days, it's it must be doable, you know. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Awesome. So. Yeah. So all right. So we'll we'll get this out hopefully you know um, earlier in September. I'll have to flip some things around. No pun intended. Awesome. Um, and uh, <laughs> and yeah, so people can know about it. Maybe sign up. So what oh. is the? I'm sure it's less now because it's virtual. But what's the fee for the three days? Uh, I think it's Remember? like 300 bucks or something. So oh, that's it. Yeah, that's it. Really? Like I think tickets go up at the middle of September or end of right. September, something like that. But yeah, it's yeah really I'm sure the live fun. events more, right? Because you got to rent the space and you got to be yeah. there and you got to, yeah. Exactly. And it's, it's huge players too. Like Jocko Willink was there. Him and I spoke last year on stage. He's a huge powerhouse motivational speaker, Walter Bond. He's the number one motivational speaker in the country right now. He spoke last year, like um, just a lot of really cool stuff that happens for 300 bucks. It's totally worth it. I think. Right. Yeah. And you're, you know, it, you it's travel. 80, 
made me hundreds of thousands of dollars, honestly. Yeah. No, I think you're going to see more of these virtual summits in the future for different industries because the cost is so much lower, the the access to people is so much greater. And yeah. then if you want to do special stuff, the one day, you know, a one day spend a day with you, I don't know, yeah. and they want to pay for that when they can, right? When you're all vaccinated. Well, um, they can do that. And there's special Zoom things that I just think it's, I mean, it really expands your audience uh, tremendously. We're going to probably do a virtual mm -hmm. summit in maybe in the fall, later in the fall about business planning and stuff. I did a, I did a business plan challenge about two weeks, two, three weeks ago. We had about 50 people, only about two or three finished, but that's what happens with challenges to get mm -hmm. them to really write a business plan for in five days, four days, you know, get a, those four sections that I mentioned, you know, people, product, marketing, and finance. And, you know, things get in your way. And some people say, oh, you know, I'd said this, it was hard to get through for the week. I go, well, that's why it's called the challenge. You'd think, okay. I'm sure seven day flip is not easy because you got people hustling and so forth. I mean, they get easier over time, but that people, it's funny that I would get that comment, like, oh, I couldn't get through it. It was, I'm like, well, that's the whole point, you know? So I'll probably do, we'll do that again. But yeah, I think uh, that's awesome. So we'll put those in the show notes, we'll put links, how people can connect with you, link to your, your YouTube channel so they can Watch the whole, what was it? You said there was like nine videos of the seven-day yeah. flip. Four, four rehabs in seven days. So, yeah. yeah. You can that was the two, the two side-by-sides. Yep. Yeah. Nice. So, we filmed that whole thing, four rehabs in seven days. Yeah. It yeah. Was, it's really cool. So, yeah, you can also find us on Facebook. My company is called Utah House Flip. Okay. Uh, you're welcome to follow us there. We do a lot of like lives. We're doing another seven-day flip here coming up. So you'll be able to see like what we're doing every day. I go Facebook live so you can follow that. Um, Tyler, we're on Instagram too, Utah House Flip on Facebook or Instagram. And then okay. Tyler Benson as well on Facebook. You're welcome to follow me on that as well. We do a lot of cool things. So Yeah, send me all the links and I'll put them yeah, in the show I'm notes welcome. and you'll review them. But uh, Tyler, I can't thank you enough. I'm sure you're busy out there. I guess, what is it? It's 10, 10 to 11 here. So what time is it there? It's almost nine o'clock. So, so I got to go. Two hours, your, your yeah, central I'll time. I'm going to my kids to school here shortly. So Nice. All right. Well, I appreciate you having, having coming on the show. Let me. Uh... Thank you for listening to this episode of The Accidental Entrepreneur. Opening and closing music written and performed by Howie Moscovich and Made to Order Music. For information about Howie and his music services, please follow the link in our show notes. If you like the podcast, please tell others about us. You can find us on Apple Podcasts, on Amazon Music, Spotify, Google Podcasts, and most of the other podcast directories. If you like what you hear, please leave us a five-star review and feel free to share our episodes on social media. If you have any questions or comments, ideas for the show, or you'd even like to appear as a guest, reach out to us by email at info at the Accidental Entrepreneur is hosted by Mitch Beinacker and produced by Beinacker Law. If you'd like to learn more about our business and legal services, you can find us on social media or visit our website at BeinackerLaw.com. Thanks for listening and be sure to subscribe to our feed to be notified of all future episodes.